CN News. I'm Mike Riley. Senators will again hear from the president's lawyers when the court of impeachment convenes at 1 p.m. today. CBS News White House correspondent Stephen Portnoy has more. The president's defense team is expected to wrap up its presentation today. Then tomorrow, it's expected the two sides will begin taking questions from senators. The queries posed in writing will be read aloud by the chief justice. This Q&A period could take two full days. Then each side will argue whether the Senate should hear witness testimony. That key vote is likely to occur on Friday. The path after that is uncharted. Hundreds of North Carolinians are about to get their money back. A Florida payday lender accused of preying on people in desperate need of a car reached a big settlement with the attorney general. Josh Stein tells Fox 46 in Charlotte. They were lending money, offering money for loan online for 200% interest rates. Outrageous loan shark interest rates in violation of North Carolina law. And then they were demanding that the borrower put up the, the car title as collateral so that if you had trouble paying the loan, they would snatch your car and sell it. Colwell County investigators are searching a wooded area after discovering remains north of Lenore. Wayne Watson is a neighbor and tells WBTV News. Get from the government land go for miles. Surprise us all together, period. I mean, we wouldn't have dreamed of it. Chinese health officials now say a new coronavirus outbreak has risen to more than 4,500 patients. CBS News chief medical correspondent John LaPook puts the risk in perspective. We are right in the middle of flu season. So 15 to 20 million people, million people have already gotten the flu and more than 8,000 people have already died in the United States from the flu. Zero people have died in the United States from coronavirus. A North Carolina State Highway Patrol trooper shot at an armed person who approached the trooper during a roadside safety inspection last night in Robinson County. The person was injured and was taken to the hospital. The trooper's okay. You're listening to NCN News. Some fun in store for you today, including UNC's Hall of Fame basketball coach, Roy Williams, will join us live in about 90 minutes. He went to Raleigh last night with a somewhat depleted team that had a losing record, one of the worst in conference play. He is in jeopardy of having the first and only losing season that he's ever been associated with at the college basketball level, head coach or assistant to Dean Smith, dating all the way back to the 1970s. Even under those circumstances, he did what he almost always does to rival NC State. He won 75-65 Tar Heels over Wolfpack at PNC Arena last night. The Wolfpack is wounded, but not out of the NCAA tournament conversation. The Tar Heels have leveled their record at 10 wins and 10 losses. Easy to picture them finally getting back over 500 with Boston College visiting Chapel Hill on Saturday. But then what happens after that? 
It's top five Florida State and top ten Duke in that ultimately ultimate rivalry game. We'll talk with Roy Williams about the past, the present, and the future. Get his thoughts on the recent passing of Kobe Bryant as well. Roy Williams live in about 90 minutes on today's David Glenn Show. We will get into more college hoops with Jay Billis, one of the best in that business. He was on the call as the Tar Heels beat the Wolfpack last night, along with his good friend Sean McDonough. Duke with former player Jeff Capel as part of the opposition tonight hosts those Pitt Panthers in case you needed this reminder. Mike Krzyzewski turns 73 years old next month. 73 years old. Do you know how many coaches in the history of Division I basketball have coached past 73 years old? It is a really, really, really short list. Jim Beheim of Syracuse is on that list. A retired guy named John Chaney, formerly of Temple, is on that list. It is... A list on which you could not fill five fingers or a single hand. That is the rarefied air into which the five-time NCAA champion Mike Krzyzewski is stepping. And in case you didn't know, among the most likely and or most logical candidates to be Coach K's successor. Doesn't have to be soon, but whenever that day comes that most Duke fans I know dread... The leading candidate in the eyes of many, our guest John Feinstein, the award-winning author, has said it's like close to a done deal in his eyes, is tonight's visiting coach Jeff Capel, who joked on a recent visit here on the David Glenn Show that he's not sure he's ever been in the visitor's locker room at Cameron Indoor Stadium. He, of course, visited as a recruit of the Blue Devils out of Fayetteville, North Carolina, that area of our state. He, of course, has been in the home locker room a zillion times as the longtime Duke player, then right-hand man to Mike Krzyzewski as an assistant coach and lead recruiter. There might have been one time he thinks he might recall where he headed into the visitor's locker room. Well, tonight, that will be his home, and that for his Panthers as well. It's Pitt at Duke tonight. UVA hosts number 5 Florida State, needing a signature victory to get on the right side of the NCAA tournament bubble. Syracuse visits Clemson. Virginia Tech visits Miami. The Orange and the Hokies also have NCAA tournament dreams. We'll talk college hoops with Jay Billis in about 60 minutes. We'll talk Tar Heels and other things with the Hall of Famer Roy Williams midway through our number two. Kevin Harlan is going to drop by. How's this for a star-studded affair today? Super Bowl 54 is this Sunday night, and only really two main people get to call it. One on the TV side, one on the radio side. Kevin Harlan, radio voice of Super Bowl 54 for Westwood One, will drop by. He, of course, is an NBA guy on TNT as well. Does the NFL all year for CBS. Huge part of March Madness coverage in college basketball as well. The versatile Kevin Harlan, third hour. Jay Billis, second hour. Roy Williams will drop by in between the day after he ran his head-to-head record against the Wolfpack to 36 wins and four losses. I know Wolfpack fans want in with questions and concerns. Tar Heel fans want in with their own hypotheticals. The Tar Heels have improved, even without the still-on-the-shelf Cole Anthony. He is now at six weeks 
in his recovery time, originally projected at four to six weeks. We'll see if Coach Roy Williams has an update on his future NBA lottery pick freshman point guard. The Tar Heels have improved in Cole Anthony's absence, but if they want to make something of this middling 10-10 and 10 near the bottom of the ACC standing season, obviously they'll need their leader back at the point guard position. Most Carolina teams that are any good over history, dating back to Dean Smith in the 1960s and all those in between, you better have the right guy at point guard. Other, th- other than that, the machine tends to break down in Chapel Hill. Doesn't always have to be a superstar. If you all know Jimmy Black, point guard as a senior for the national championship team under Dean Smith back in 1982. He wasn't a superstar, but he did what Carolina needed of its point guard. The Tar Heels simply don't have that without Cole Anthony. What can they be upon his return? We'll talk about that with your questions and comments. Carolina fans and NC State fans who want to beat the rush, dial us up now at 1-800-849-2761. Your thoughts, reflections, complaints from this game last night where the Tar Heels went to Raleigh under tricky circumstances and beat a Wolfpack team that thought this might be the chance to kind of catch the Tar Heels and hit them while they're down. The Wolfpack's next assignment Louisville on Saturday. And if you're looking for a reason to believe that better things can happen, NC State is one of the only teams in the ACC that gets all three top teams in the conference on their home court. All three happen in the month of February. So it's Louisville at PNC Arena on Saturday. Duke and FSU both also visit PNC in the month of February. Now, you might think, well, after what you saw last night from the Wolfpack, how are they going to win any of those games? We have all ridden the roller coaster enough this season. You didn't think Stephen F. Austin was going to beat Duke and Cameron, did you? You didn't think Notre Dame would be underachieving to this degree to this point, did you? You didn't think Florida State would be top five in the country for the first time since 1972, did you? A lot of surprises, and that means, of course, we should expect more to come. 75-65, a step forward for the heels, a step backward for the pack. You can be next with your question or comment by dialing 1-800-849-2761. You might be surprised, according to the bracketologists, as we speak, you might be surprised at how the Wolfpack is viewed right now. I'm not talking about what might happen. Right now, the Wolfpack is perceived in a more positive way by the bracketologists than the Tar Heels. Now, that may be confusing because of the last thing you just saw last night, but that is the reality. You don't steal from the pack that win over Wisconsin, that win over UVA in Charlottesville, that win at UNC Greensboro, West Miller squad, one of the best in the Southern Conference. You don't take them away just because you're disappointed in your loss to your arch rival last night. Carolina actually now has a few good wins, Oregon and Alabama, and at NC State last night among them. We can talk with you about last night's game and other college basketball, 1-800-849-2761. Darren Vaught is the producer of this program. Intern Sam is with us representing, coincidentally, the University of North Carolina. He'll be the first voice you hear when you dial 1-800-849-2761. Beyond our star-studded Hall of Fame caliber guests, Roy Williams of UNC, Jay Billis of ESPN, Kevin Harlan, radio voice of Super Bowl 54 for Westwood One. I will get into, among other things, more audio tributes from around the world 
Kobe Bryant, my staff and I have found the best of the best of those over the last 48 hours. We gave our own tribute yesterday. We will allow others to take that stage in part today. Why I think of the movie Field of Dreams. Remember Ray Kinsella, the cornfield in Iowa? Why I think of the movie Field of Dreams when I think of both Super Bowl 54 and one of the key participants in that game. And this week's Australian Open in tennis. I'll explain why both of those folks, both of those events, had me thinking of Archie Moonlight Graham and his good friend Ray Kinsella from the famous baseball movie Field of Dreams. Coach K and his potential successors, your questions and comments are welcome on that as well. We're opening the phone lines on the other side. Why? Because all three great guests are later. Jay Billis. Top of hour two. Roy Williams, halfway through hour two. Kevin Harlan, top of hour three. You can be next. I have more on how the Tar Heels beat the Wolfpack, what it does mean, what it does not mean. I'll tell you that in bracketology right now, the Big Ten has by far the most teams projected into the dance. Like this number might shock you. But nobody else has more than five teams projected right now. So when you think of the ACC with an unusually low number, you're right. Only FSU, Louisville, and Duke appear to be locks. But we all know that out of that next group of five or six, somebody's going to emerge. Maybe one, maybe two, maybe three. It is not going to be a vintage ACC year where they've averaged eight bids a year over the last four seasons. But nobody else has more than five projected right now. And I find it very realistic that the ACC can get to five, maybe even six. We'll see. We'll talk about tonight's matchups and the themes therein. Hockey is back, although the Hurricanes don't return to the ice until Friday. The Australian Open is coming down the stretch, down under. Super Bowl 54 among those headlines as we come to your calls. Why did the NFL feel the need to call law enforcement yesterday? I'll explain. What did Tom Brady text to his former backup, 49ers QB, now Jimmy Garoppolo? How many billions of dollars are expected to be wagered on this year's Super Bowl? Did Pro Bowl players predict a Chiefs win or a 49ers win in larger numbers? And which team was selected by a bunch of gamblers who won contests or otherwise had the best campaigns, if you will, in the 2019 calendar year? They have been canvassed. And those successful gamblers are leaning heavily in one direction as we await Super Bowl 54. More on Field of Dreams, Ray Kinsella, Moonlight Graham, and why I'm thinking of them as I contemplate Super Bowl 54 and the Australian Open. And more college basketball. Roy Williams later, Jay Billis later, Kevin Harlan later. You can be next by dialing 1-800-849-2761. We thank you for being with us on the David Glenn Show. Christian Leitner, thanks for joining us. It's been less than a week since the I Hate Christian Leitner 30 for 30. The final product of the movie was absolutely awesome. I love every second of it. Maybe I'm not seeing the same thing everyone else is seeing, but I thought the movie was awesome and I loved it. Keep it here on The David Glenn Show. NCN Sports, I'm Josh Zach. College basketball Monday in the ACC. Roy Williams improved his record to 31-4 against NC State as the Tar Heels took down the pack 75-65 in Raleigh. That makes two wins in a row for the Heels following a five-game skid. Roy Williams was asked after the game if he feels his team understands the spirit of a comment he made a couple weeks ago that 
this year's team is his least gifted. You know, I think that's uh, the most normal statement. It's got the most unbelievable attention of anything I've ever seen in my life. But what we try to do all the time, whether you're really gifted or not, we have to work and do a better job of, of our execution on both ends of the court. You know, I'll go back. I, was, I wasn't very gifted, but I love to freaking compete. You know, and sometimes you got to have that part of it, too. One other North Carolina men's D1 college hoops program in play on Monday. The North Carolina A&T Aggies took down the Delaware State Hornets 82-67. The Hornets will play their first game since Friday when the Knicks visit the Spectrum Center in Charlotte for a 7 o'clock tip. Last night was Super Bowl media night in Orlando. The Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers taking to the field for uh, Q&A with the media. The questions always offbeat in some way, shape, or form. 49ers defensive lineman Nick Bosa said he feels they will be able to shield the media distraction. We're definitely focused. It's been a long year, um, so we're we're pretty locked in on our, our, on our routines, so um, we're just trying to stick to our routines. Um, obviously, get all this stuff out of the way, and then focus back up. I think it'll be easy. We have a really mature team. Reports now indicate the pilot's visibility may have been compromised before Sunday's fatal helicopter crash into a hillside in Calabasas, California that killed Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and seven others on board the aircraft. The Lakers and Clippers have postponed tonight's game in L.A. They say it's too early following Bryant's death. This is NCN Sports. One in three adults in America have pre-diabetes, but most don't know it. To let people know it can be reversed before it becomes type 2 diabetes, professional basketball player Julius Randle is doing everything in reverse. I'm only dunking with reverse windmills. I drove the whole way to practice in reverse. I don't recommend it. This move's called the reverse shuffle. I do recommend it. And it took me months to learn how to speak in reverse, like this. <clears throat> Years 10 almost for diabetes type 2 with living Ben has my mom. In other words, my mom has been living with type 2 diabetes for almost 10 years. So together, we want to say to the 84 million Americans at risk, exercise and healthy eating can help reverse prediabetes. Start by taking a simple one-minute risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. <laughs> Betty can't say that in reverse. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Opiates has taken everything and everyone I've ever loved away from me. Everything. I blew my ankle out and I got prescribed pain pills by my doctor. If making my detox public is going to help somebody, I'm all for it. I just wish I would have had a warning. Opioid dependence can happen after just five days. Know the truth. Spread the truth. A message from Truth, the Ad Council, and ONDCP. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. 
probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry, I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. to the David Glenn Show. The Hall of Famer Roy Williams, fresh off his win in Raleigh at the expense of the team he grew up disliking most, the NC State Wolfpack. Roy Williams live in a little bit more than 60 minutes. Jay Billis had the call at PNC Arena last night. ESPN's College Hoops guru drops by live in about 40 minutes. Kevin Harlan, voice of Super Bowl 54 will join us in hour number three. That means less time later for phone calls. If you want in on the Super Bowl, if you want in on college basketball, if you want in on Kobe Bryant or UNC over NC State, Duke hosting Pitt tonight among the games we'll talk about looking forward. Tar Heels over Wolfpack looking backward. Now's a good time for you to chime in. John and Raleigh will be first after quick comments from me about what I saw last night. Roy Williams is now 36-4 and head-to-head against NC State. That is seven straight wins for Roy over the Wolfpack at PNC Arena. His 36-4 and record is about as one-sided as you'll see in almost any rivalry you cover at the college level in any sport. For, in his case, oddly enough, the guy who grew up getting tired of hearing Wolfpack fans in the, in the early 70s talk about how they were better. David Thompson, Tommy Burleson, coached by Norm Sloan, Monty Tao, 1974 NCAA championship, other ACC championships. He got tired of that. And long ago, including on our show in one visit, again, he joins us again in about an hour or so, he, he once joked that he would rather beat the Wolfpack than eat. That is how important the rivalry is to him, even though it hasn't been prominent nationally as a rivalry for decades. Duke Carolina long ago surpassed it as not only the best rivalry in our neighborhood, but one of the best in all of American sports. Today, you might be surprised, given that it wasn't like the heels in a nail-biter last night. The heels looked like the better team last night. You might be surprised because most of us are prone to react to the last thing we saw more than what selection committees look at which is an entire body of work joe lenardi is just one of the bracketologists out there he of course from espn a regular guest on our show at this time of year and as we inch toward march joe lenardi right now has 12 big 10 teams into his projected 68 team bracket no other league has more than five so it's going to be fascinating to see 12 is the most in the history of college basketball for any single conference Will they sustain that number? Long way to go. We'll see. But what's important closer to home, as important as NCAA projections can be on January 28th, do you know who the fourth team is projected in on the good side of the bubble from the Atlantic Coast Conference? It's the NC State Wolfpack. He has the state team among his last four in. Is that a comfortable place to be? No. But if you've been walking the plank, if you've been standing at the top of the bridge wondering whether you should jump because you're tired of your Wolfpack losing to those Tar Heels, especially under Roy Williams, 
just keep that bigger picture in mind. The Pack's best wins don't get taken away from them just because they laid an egg at home last night. Meanwhile, whereas Virginia or Virginia Tech or Syracuse or others have a chance, they're at least on the radar of the bracketologist. Work to do, but in the picture. Tar Heels are only 10 and 10. They're not even in the picture, at least for now. Cole Anthony returns. You beat BC on Saturday. You're finally back to a winning record. They'd be 11 and 10, the Tar Heels, if they beat the Eagles, as expected, at the Smith Center. Wolfpack has to deal with Louisville on Saturday. Downside, that's one of the toughest opponents you'll face all year. Upside, that's exactly the kind of win you need to steal at some point to get into a more comfortable NCAA tournament projection. As we come to John and Raleigh, Mark and Apex and you calling from the mountains and the beaches and everywhere you'd want to live in between in this great state, as we come at you live in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns, were I in a Wolfpack fan's shoes, besides the rivalry aspect of it, and again, I'm not telling you not to be mad, y'all, I didn't grow up in North Carolina, so you all know in a way that I don't what it feels like to be a Wolfpack fan your whole life and now be stuck on the wrong end of this 36-4 and four at the hands of Roy Williams. That's not something where I can fully understand. What I would be frustrated by in your shoes in a way that I can better understand after 30-plus years of covering this stuff is that UNC's pieces, whereas they're not nearly as good as most of what I've seen in Chapel Hill for 30-plus years, they are slowly coming together. That looked like a functional, well-coached basketball team at PNC Arena last night. Meanwhile, the Wolfpack's pieces, for whatever reason, and we can explore it, including with your calls, are not coming together. What I saw last night, again, the rivalry thing is for y'all to debate and discuss. Scream it from the rooftops. Give us a call at 1-800-849-2761. If you're Roy Williams... You're looking forward to Cole Anthony's return, of course. We'll ask him about that when he joins us next hour. But Garrison Brooks, at the Tar Heels' time of need, has stepped up like he's a double-double machine. He was one of the biggest reasons they've won last night and in other key games. He was a complimentary player for his first two years on campus. He was not a high-profile recruit. And yet, thanks to a healthy culture of player development both this program but also the young man working his tail off, Garrison Brooks is an all-ACC candidate from a team that is only 500 in its overall record as we speak and still near the bottom of the ACC standings. Armando Baycott in late January is a better version of his freshman center self than he was a month or two ago. And that's a step forward. That's a sign of pieces coming together. Who was the Heels' best player last night? Junior forward Garrison Brooks with 25 points and 11 rebounds. Who was their second best player? I mean, you could debate it, but I would argue Armando Baycott, whereas he did not shoot very well, was there with a block shot when they needed him, there with a double-double in points and rebounds. He's actually a pretty good passer for a big man. He's starting to play harder, and he's starting to understand the game better. So, again, that's a piece falling closer into place than it was a month or two ago. That's important. Who was the next best player? Brandon Robinson played last night like his life depended on it. I mean, I thought the guy might have had a punctured lung or something, the way he was going off the court in such pain. How many walks did he take to the UNC locker room? That that might be a new record in this rivalry for how many times you disappeared for a medical issue only to return heroically. And he wasn't great. I mean, He missed his only three-pointers. He finished with 11 points. But did he gut it out? Was he there when needed? Yes. And he's another example 
not a high-profile recruit, not an important player for his first couple years on campus, but as a senior at a time of need without Cole Anthony, has he stepped into the void? I would argue, yes, he has. So one by one, some pieces are falling into place for Roy Williams. To be candid, he still has a mediocre to bad by ACC standards backcourt without Cole Anthony. He just does. Now, they got enough last night from Leaky Black, Brandon Robinson, Andrew Playtech, Christian Keeling, K.J. Smith, etc. By UNC standards, that is, sorry, Coach Williams, his least gifted team. I know he doesn't like that phrase, but that is the truth and the reality. If you're an NC State fan, beyond the pain of losing to the Tar Heels and the whole rivalry stuff, why did DJ Funderburk and Devin Daniels, veteran players, they've been really good all year, in my opinion. They were really good last night, I thought, overall. Not perfect. They made their share of mistakes. But DJ and Devin played winning basketball last night. Why, when one of your greatest strengths, theoretically, is senior guards, Isn't that just like manna from heaven? Senior guards in 2020 college basketball. The best players turn pro early. Lots of guys transfer out. Who ends up with two proven commodity senior guards the way the Wolfpack has as among their building blocks this year? And somehow, someway, I feel bad for C.J. Bryce. He's a senior. UNC Wilmington transfer. After a couple of months of all ACC caliber numbers, He's not only playing as a lesser version of himself, he's putting up zeros. I mean, who goes from 20-plus points per game in many key matchups to truly zero? He had zero against the Heels. I believe he had zero in the Wolfpack's loss at Georgia Tech. Like, that's weird. That's unusual. That's an anomaly you'd hope if you're a Wolfpack fan. But similarly, Markel Johnson, how do you go from being a reliable three-point shooter and free-throw shooter to a horrible shooter. And Markell is still doing other things well, and he didn't disappear last night. But he again shot poorly from three-point range, 0 for 5. He again shot poorly from the field overall, 6 out of 19. You're less than 1 out of 3. How does a guy who was better than that as a sophomore and junior, we're talking about Brandon Robinson and Garrison Brooks as upperclassmen being the best versions of themselves. And we're talking about C.J. Bryce and Markel Johnson, all ACC candidates when they're at their best, somehow not being as good right now as seniors as they were both earlier in their career or earlier this season in Bryce's case. That's some weird stuff going on. If it was every piece of the Wolfpack puzzle falling apart, I'd be reaching for the panic button as well. But D.J. Funderburk, Devin Daniels, and on their good nights, Bryce and Johnson form the foundation of an NCAA tournament team. Half of that foundation was not very good last night. And the pack needs to keep inching closer to getting, you know, even if three of your four best guys on a given night play well, you're probably going to win against most opponents. The pack hasn't found that. The pack still makes mental mistakes to a degree that is alarming. They're not a very high basketball IQ team right now with their fouls, with their decisions, et cetera. Those are some of my thoughts from last night. Let me get to John, who's been waiting patiently from the triangle. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, DJ. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. What's on your mind? So, uh, first of all, I'm not a sore loser, so props to Carolina last night. They came in with a game plan, and they executed. Um, Good for you. But secondly, um, you know, as a lifelong state fan, I turned 30 in April. I've 
seems to be that in almost every sport, but since we're talking about basketball, we've had teams years where we weren't expected to do much. We've had teams where we were expected to be better. Yeah. And in my opinion, I think this year with the roster that we had, we were obviously expected to be better, at least under Keith. This is probably the best roster he's had, like you were saying, Agreed. with senior guard Agreed. and D.J. Thunderbird coming alive. What is it going to take, in your opinion, to kind of stop the bleeding as a, as a Wolfpack fan myself? It just seems like it, it, it never goes away. Yeah. And I just want your thoughts on You know, if you're, are you speaking more this season or more like bigger picture type stuff? Well, this season and bigger picture, because this season we have no excuses to lose Georgia Tech twice. We yeah. had no excuses for losing last night. Honestly, we had no excuses for losing to Clemson, even though they went on a tear there for a three-game yeah. spread. You know, it's just kind of, you know, both. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, the bigger picture question to me is easier to answer because I'm just enough of a recruiting geek on the basketball side that I cover that stuff. To, to, to put it bluntly, Kevin Keats has never had the personnel that would fit his version of a dream team. And what I mean by that is, yes, he, he's offensively dynamic with this year's Wolfpack most nights, not last night. Uh, but the numbers for the season are very good offensively overall. But he would have more of like, like the Louisville length and athleticism that w- when he was coaching under Rick Pitino, the Cardinals won it all. What was that, back in 2013? 13, the the Louisville Cardinals National Championship. That's his ideal team. That's what he wants to recruit to, that Rick Pitino coaching tree approach. And, you know, Braxton Beverly is kind of a short-armed three-point shooter. And Kevin Keats recruited him because he was shorthanded earlier in his tenure. And so what I'm saying is, not that Braxton Beverly hasn't had his good moments, but his ideal team is longer, more athletic, and deeper. And he is year by year getting closer to that. And if you follow recruiting, there's a guy named Josh Hall, who's an in-state prospect. He's a wing player at Moravian Prep here in Hickory, North Carolina. He's a big-time talent. There's a point guard named Cam Hayes at Greensboro Day School here in North Carolina. He's a big-time talent. They're both four-star prospects. And the Wolfpack has not gotten a lot of four- or five-star prospects, even under Kevin Keats. So that's a sign for the future. I think it's a five-man class coming in. Those are the two headliners. And you still have guys like Devin Daniels with a year of eligibility ahead, DJ Funderburk with a year of eligibility ahead, Braxton Beverly fits the same category, Jericho Helms is only a sophomore, Manny Bates is only a redshirt freshman, et cetera. So you can picture realistically, without being delusional, more depth, more talent, and more of what I would call Kevin Keats-type players. And by year three, which is what this is, and year four, of course, Eddie Coach should have a team that is more in his own image rather than at the beginning, man. Most coaches will admit, like, I didn't have enough dudes. Even if I, didn't, even if I wasn't in love with this guy on the recruiting trail, like, I needed some dudes at some point. So you take guys you kind of like rather than the guys when you have more time and space to build your program, you, the guys that you really, really like. So that bigger, longer-term picture, I think, is positive. This year's team, I'm pulling my hair out and scratching my head the way, the way most of you as Wolfpack fans are. Because, you know, the old saying is that the total is greater than the sum of the parts. You know, the best coaches create teams where the total is greater than the sum of the parts. You look at the point guard and the center and the wing players and you say, well, they're okay. And then somehow some coach just squeezes not only what you thought they had, 
but squeezes more than them. Like, remember when Jim Beheim had the ninth place team in the ACC and he ends up with the Final Four? It's like, what? How, what, what did he just do? Oh, that's why he's in the Hall of Fame, right? The sum ended up being greater than the total of the parts. Right now, the Wolfpack's total is less than the sum of the parts, and that's alarming. And Coach Keats joined us on the show. I don't know if you were listening. What was it, Darren, a week ago after the big win at UVA? And he used the word pressure, his word, not mine. In real world, in the real, in real life, if you're a 21-year-old or whatever guys like C.J. Bryce and Markel Johnson would be, I remember being that age. I remember wondering, hey, hey maybe intern Sam can feel this. What am I going to do the day after I get my diploma? Do I have a job lined up? Am I impressing future employers? Well, imagine going through all of that, except everything you do is nationally televised, right? Like, can I play in the NBA? Okay, maybe, maybe not. But if not, where can I get a job overseas? Well, Markel Johnson, this is your senior year. C.J. Bryce, this is your senior year. These are your interviews with future employers. They're not across the table from you, but some of them as scouts are on press row. Others are watching video or cataloging that video for future reference. And I do think one of the reasons some fans are pointing to Coach Keats, I mean, there's a lot of potential reasons. Why Why is the Wolfpack not the sum of its parts on many nights, including at Georgia Tech or last night? You can point in a lot of different directions. I believe one of those directions, you know, injuries has been a part of it. Let's be real. Uh, They have not often had their full rotation. Bates was out for a while. Funderburg was out for a while. Bryce had his concussion issues, et cetera. But beyond that, I think the senioritis, and and I don't mean for, for like me, senioritis was not going to class quite as much down the stretch. It's a different, it's more senioritis like I'm worried about my future. I'm on a stage where I need to impress important people to, for those who don't know, even if you view a player as unrealistic as a candidate for, say, the millions of the NBA, folks, there are hundreds of jobs in the world of basketball where if you're a good player at NC State, you're making six figures for the entirety of your 20s if you stay healthy and you play well once you get that professional opportunity. So those are dollar signs in the eyeballs. And if you're C.J. Bryce, God help the kid if he's struggling with concussions. I hope he's being honest with his doctors. You don't go from an all-ACC candidate to zero and zero points back-to-back if everything is right. Now, I'm not a doctor. He has to be honest with his doctors. I don't know what's going on there. But I think Kevin Keats is right when he says the ups and downs of Markel Johnson as a senior are a byproduct of the pressure he's putting on himself. And when your two best guards both lay eggs last night in different ways, well, even this version of the Tar Heels is probably going to be too much for you. So uh, that longer-term picture, I think, is brighter. The shorter-term picture, I think the silver lining is that the bracketologists still say the Wolfpack is on the right side of the bubble as we speak. They're 14. Would you rather be 14-7, and seven, that's NC State, or 10-10? and 10? That's UNC. Now, again, in rivalry, some of you would trade the win over your rival over whatever the body of work looks like. That's up to you. But in the eyes of the selection committee, who are far more important than the bracketologists or you or me or anybody else, 14-7 and seven and a 5-5 five and five record in conference play with that Wisconsin win, UVA win, UNCG win, the latter two both on the road, and that does matter. You'd rather be 14-7, and 5-5, five and five, as the Wolfpack is, than 10-10, and 10 and 3-6 and six in the ACC, as the Tar Heels are. Last night, it's all about Carolina, 75-65 over the Wolfpack. 
neither has anything guaranteed this season. I mean, that's part of what makes it fun. That's part of what makes it unpredictable. Is there a scenario where the Tar Heels make a magical run to the postseason? Yeah, there is. Is there a scenario where the Wolfpack and the Tar Heels both end up on the right side of the bubble on Selection Sunday? Yes, there is. The Tar Heels were scraping near 0% chance. They've taken some baby steps in the correct direction since then. The Wolfpack was riding a little higher prior to these last two games, but the bottom line is the Wolfpack is still overall in a better position than the Tar Heels, although neither is where it wants to be. We'll get to Mark and Apex. We'll get to your calls. Not only Wolfpack Tar Heels, but did you know that Mike Krzyzewski's successor maybe in the visiting locker room tonight. Coach K turns 73 years old next month. You may be surprised at how many coaches in Division I men's basketball history coached beyond the season in which they turned 73 years old. It is not a long list. We'll give you that quick reminder as Jeff Capel and the Pitt Panthers visit the number nine Duke Blue Devils for an ESPN game tonight at nine. uh, Jay Billis live in 20 minutes or so. Roy Williams of the Tar Heels live in less than 60 minutes. Kevin Harlan, voice of Super Bowl 54, will join in hour number three. It's more of your calls on the other side. 1-800-849-2761. 73 years old almost, Mike Krzyzewski. And did you know Jeff Capel is many people's favorite to end up as Kay's successor? More on those stories, Wolfpack Tar Heels and Super Bowl 54 with your calls next. If my low and away curve that barely paints the black so frequently that nobody can hit it, you're going to tell me I got to throw change-ups, fastballs, and sliders all the time? Oh, it's too difficult to hit TTG's <laughs> low and away curveball. Wah, 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 wah. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Take warning as the Carolina Hurricanes return to the ice after a long all-star break on Friday night, January 31st, against the Vegas Golden Knights. You can participate in the NHL's Mental Health Awareness Night. Every Mental Health Awareness Night ticket package includes a special Hockey Talks t-shirt and helps raise awareness and funds to provide essential support for individuals affected by mental illness. Learn more at hurricanes.com slash promotions. A Sport Clips championship haircut experience makes you feel like your hair has its own walk-up music. Maybe you play sports. Maybe you play sports online. Or maybe your sport is keeping up with your kids. Your hair deserves its own walk-up music. And at Sport Clips, we make it easy. A game-changing cut from a stylist trained for guys while you're surrounded by sports. Hair this good needs no introduction, but you'll want one anyway. So download the app, check in, and get your hair in the game. Making the decision to get a divorce can be difficult, but the process of divorce doesn't have to be. At One Stop Divorce, we offer a quick three-step divorce process that reduces time, stress, and attorney fees. In fact, just a one-time fee of $2.99 is all it takes. Sound too good to be true? It's not. Visit OneStopDivorce.com today to see for yourself. That's OneStopDivorce.com. Three easy steps, one easy stop. OneStopDivorce.com. All right, everyone. It's a hard hat game out there, but we're the North Carolina Cranes. And this is our shipyard. We support more than 87,000 jobs in North Carolina. And last year, we put up $15.4 billion to the state's economy. It's nine zeros, Coach. It sure is. So let's get back out there and move that cargo. 
At North Carolina Ports, we play hard for our state's economy. Now that's something to cheer about. Check out our season highlights at nccranes.com. 2020, another big year for North Carolina politics. Republicans and Democrats battling for the state's electoral votes, competing for the governor's mansion, control of the General Assembly, the top job in the state Supreme Court. Carolina Journal covers all the action. Available each month as a free newspaper, every day online at carolinajournal.com. Carolina Journal, your best source for government news that affects you. Visit carolinajournal.com today. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Quick programming note, Roy Williams has asked to be bumped up a little bit today, so he'll join us in 30 or so minutes. So Jay Billis in 20 minutes, Roy Williams right after Jay. He's got a plane to catch or something. We can't get in the way of that. Chris and Zebulon, Mark and Apex and others want in on college basketball and or Super Bowl 54. It was UNC over NC State in Raleigh last night. Roy Williams, our guest today, continued his dominance head-to-head against the Wolfpack. That's seven straight wins at PNC Arena for him in the heels. That's 36-4 and four for Roy Williams personally at the expense of NC State. Again, though, the Wolfpack's body of work is still viewed more favorably by the bracketologists, at least for now. UVA hosts Florida State tonight. The Cavaliers need a win. That is in Charlottesville. The Seminoles have won 10 straight. I saw UVA this weekend in Winston-Salem beat Wake Forest in overtime. The Cavs are only two and four in their last six and didn't look all that great in beating the Demon Deacons. So it is a red-hot and highly ranked Seminoles team visiting the up-and-down Virginia Cavaliers. But when you talk about the need for signature victories and everybody beyond Louisville, Duke, and Florida State needs one or more of those, UVA gets one of those opportunities hosting number 5 FSU tonight. State, again, gets another one of those by hosting Louisville on Saturday. Mark is in Apex. Chris is in Zebulon. The one thing I promised on Pitt's visit to number 9 Duke tonight, that is also an ESPN game with a uh, 9 o'clock start in that case. Mike Krzyzewski will turn 73 years old next month. Would you believe in the history of Division I men's basketball how many men have coached past the age of 73? Answer, only three ever. And two of the three who did so are active. Y'all know Jim Beheim of Syracuse. This year he is becoming the oldest Division I men's basketball coach in the history of the sport. The other guy you may have forgotten who's still active is Cliff Ellis, formerly of Clemson in the ACC, now the head coach at Coastal Carolina. John Chaney, retired now, formerly of Temple, is the only other example to coach beyond your 73rd birthday, or the season that you turned 73. This is the season that Coach K turned 73. Now, maybe he just follows his friend Bayheim into the distance, right? And they're, they're number one and number two on the all-time oldest dude to coach in Division I men's basketball list. Coach Bayheim, if you didn't know, whose son Buddy is one of the Orange's better players, he's a sophomore. And Coach Beheim has suggested at the least that he's going to fit. He's going to see Buddy all the way through graduation, which means two seasons after this one. So Jim Beheim's going to set all sorts of records by the time he's done. Now maybe Coach K just keeps cranking out year after year after year. Why do I bring it up today? Well, the people who I know understand Duke and its basketball culture best believe that the visiting coach tonight, Pitt's Jeff Capel, former Duke player, former Duke recruiter and right-hand assistant coaching man for Coach K, 
the the betting favorite, if you will, although not the only candidate, to be Coach K's successor whenever that day comes is Jeff Capel of the Pitt Panthers. We have Jeff in his own words from a recent visit here on our show about how he feels like alien-like, given that 99.9% of the time he's ever been in Cameron Indoor Stadium. It was either as a Duke recruit, a Duke player, or a Duke assistant coach, or a Duke something in some other capacity. Tonight he's the enemy in a way, although I'm sure he'll be warmly received by the Cameron crazies and otherwise. Mark is in Apex and once in on college basketball, looking to last night or looking to tonight. Welcome to the program. Go right ahead. Hi, DG. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, man. Go right ahead. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. Um. One one quick observation and 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 a question for you. Um, I was wondering why is it that uh, Deitch doesn't really get into his players in the game? I just noticed in that game that he doesn't get. You, you don't want to do it the entire game, but this is it just seems like when when mistakes are made, he doesn't really come on them as in other coaches or as with yeah. other coaches. You see him get. Uh, and the second and the other question is the. Um, Percentage of, of or our scoring percentage in Reynolds versus the PNC Arena. Is there a big disparity there? Reynolds versus PNC Arena. I don't know that answer off the top of my head. I mean, we could look that up. The Wolfpack had a lot of great teams that used to use Reynolds Coliseum as their home court, and they have not had as many great teams at PNC Arena. So that may be more player-oriented. The better players you have, the more you're going to score most of the time, right, depending on your style, I guess. I think the other answer goes to style. Like, I know all 15 coaches in this league, and I could probably rank them 1 through 15 on the likelihood that they will get into a player's face during the course of a game in a way that the cameras can see. And I've never detected, like, a straight line between success In other words, it's not just the in-your-face guys who win or it's not just the not-in-your-face guys who lose or whatever. For example, Leonard Hamilton has the number five team in the country right now. Leonard may get in your face in the locker room. I've been watching Leonard for 30 years, it feels like, not all of that at Florida State. He almost never, he has as much of an NBA approach to college basketball coaching as anyone I've ever seen. He almost never gets in your grill, and yet he has the number five team in the country. So I think you're right that Coach Keats is less likely to get in somebody's face. You ever seen Jim Beheim, man? He will undress you figuratively right in front of the whole Carrier Dome crowd and not apologize for it. Of course, he's been around forever, and he's got some street cred, especially in that neighborhood. But again, I, I don't think Kevin Keats clearly is not alone when it comes to that approach. Now, I think what's most important is how is he addressing things behind closed doors? Because the Wolfpack has not been a consistently smart basketball team. And if it happens, sometimes you just have players who have lower basketball IQs, players who have higher basketball IQs. If it becomes a trend at any school with too many players, well, then, of course, at some point, it becomes a reflection of the coaching staff. And I remember Coach Keats telling us last week he was so frustrated with his players' lack of awareness in one example of who they were guarding. Like, some guys are great three-point shooters. Some guys you have to make put the ball on the floor. Some guys you want to dare to take the three-point shot. And he found that when watching video, a lot of his defenders were kind of like forgetting the details of the guy they were guarding, which is not a small thing in basketball, right? So he started giving those quizzes 
And I assumedly he would be holding people accountable if you failed those quizzes. But, you know, Jericho Hellams last night, his minutes were limited and his productivity was limited in part because of foul trouble. One foul was because he put an arm bar on a player in a position where the referees have clinics in the offseason. And they tell you, if you do this in this context, we have to call a foul or we get in trouble with our supervisors. So that's on Jericho Helms. At some point, it's on the coaching staff. But Jericho, as a guy who plays inside some and outside some, has to know, in this example, an arm bar is okay defensively. In this other context, it's going to be an automatic foul call. And one of his others was, didn't he catch a three-point shooter from the Tar Heels, like, on the wrist in a shooting motion? I mean, come on, man. Like, he's not a dumb basketball player overall, but those were two dumb fouls, and they impact, you know, an important player and limit his minutes and productivity. You know, eventually, yes, the coaching staff has to answer for that, but I don't think it requires the dressing dressing down in front of everybody. We're back after this. Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop after this. Yeah, maybe join you on a radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll, but, be, we'll uh, be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. NCN Sports, I'm Josh Zach. College basketball Monday in the ACC. Roy Williams improved his record to 31-4 against NC State as the Tar Heels took down the pack 75-65 in Raleigh. That makes two wins in a row for the Heels following a five-game skid. Roy Williams was asked after the game if he feels his team understands the spirit of a comment he made a couple weeks ago that this year's team is his least gifted. You know, I think that's uh, the most normal statement. It's got the most unbelievable attention of anything I've ever seen in my life. But what we try to do all the time, whether you're really gifted or not, we have to work and do a better job of, of our execution on both ends of the court. You know, I'll go back. I, was, I wasn't very gifted, but I love to freaking compete. You know, and sometimes you got to have that part of it, too. One other North Carolina men's D1 college hoops program in play on Monday. The North Carolina A&T Aggies took down the Delaware State Hornets 82-67. The Hornets will play their first game since Friday when the Knicks visit the Spectrum Center in Charlotte for a 7 o'clock tip. Last night was Super Bowl media night in Orlando. The Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers taking to the field for uh, Q&A with the media. The questions always offbeat in some way, shape, or form. 49ers defensive lineman Nick Bosa said he feels they will be able to shield the media distraction. We're definitely focused. It's been a long year, um, so we're we're pretty locked in on our, our, on our routines. So um, we're just trying to stick to our routines. Um, obviously, get all this stuff out of the way and then focus back up. I think it'll be easy. We have a really mature team. Reports now indicate the pilot's visibility may have been compromised before Sunday's fatal helicopter crash into a hillside in Calabasas, California that killed Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and seven others on board the aircraft. The Lakers and Clippers have postponed tonight's game in L.A. They say it's too early following Bryant's death. This is NCN Sports. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, Okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. 
I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. When you went car shopping, you meant business. You ace vehicle history searches and test drives. You out-salesmen to the salesman. Now you've got your wheels. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. With 401k tips and smart saving strategies, you'll have the info you need to get more for your future. Go to aceyourretirement.org. Because when it comes to speeding past financial challenges, you're an ace. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was... Living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone who... Had to be independent and take initiative, and that's how I handle every project I get. Discover new ways to develop great talent at gradsoflife.org. Brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. All right, everybody in the car, let's go. What are we going to do first when we get there, Mom? Go for a hike? Sure. What about canoeing? Can we go canoeing, too? I don't see why. How long does it take to get to the forest? It's not that far, sweetie. <sighs> are we there yet? Yep, we're here. Already? It's a short drive from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. You're not wired to have a response to this sound. You're neutral to it. And you can hear it repeatedly without feeling anything. But when we introduce a new stimulus, save the food. We've achieved pulling a natural or inborn response from you. Save the food. Because 40% of all food in the U.S. never gets eaten. Save the food. Cook it, store it, share it. Just don't waste it. For tips and recipes, visit savethefood.com. Brought to you by NRDC and the Ad Council. Line them up for hour number two. How about the Hall of Fame coach Roy Williams in about 20 minutes or less? And how about ESPN's Jay Billis, who was part of the call for the Tar Heels win over the Wolfpack in Raleigh last night? Jay Billis followed by Roy Williams. Then more of your calls. Glad you're with us on the David Glenn Show. Davo Sweeney, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Yeah, How man. are you, man? Good to see you. It's great to How see you. you. I saw that you took your family to Italy. It was unbelievable to go to Rome and to stand at the Colosseum that was built in 80, 80. <laughs> Eight zero. The original Death Valley. <laughs> you know, literally. This is the David Glenn Show. MCN News. I'm Mike Riley. Attorney General William Barr was in Brooklyn this morning to meet with leaders from the Jewish community to discuss steps to address a dramatic rise in anti-Semitic incidents and violence. These are the kinds of cases that maybe in the past uh, would have been treated locally, but I think it's important for the federal government to plant its flag and uh, to show zero tolerance. Hundreds of North Carolinians are about to get their money back. A Florida payday lender accused of preying on people in desperate need of a car reached a big settlement with the Attorney General. 
Josh Stein tells Fox 46 in Charlotte. We have laws on the books to ensure that when lenders lend you money, it's at a fair interest rate. And this company was charging outrageous interest rates, and they were putting the car title on as collateral for the loan. That's illegal in North Carolina. The CDC says it will expand its health screening from 5 to 20 airports for arriving passengers infected with a new coronavirus. There are five confirmed cases in the U.S. Director Nancy Mangor says that the National Center for Immunization and Respiratory Disease looking at the airport screenings and provides an early intervention. Screening at the airport is important. Screening passengers returning from China will be something that we'll be starting on a rolling basis to enhance our activity at all 20 of those quarantine stations. But it is only one piece of a multi-layered strategy. Researchers at the Gilling School of Global Public Health at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill have been working for years on the same family of viruses. Rob Barrick, an epidemiology professor, tells WRAL News. About 30% require intensive care with ventilation, ventilators. Um, but some patients have mild disease. The new Hanover County Sheriff's Office is investigating after a middle school band teacher was charged with 12 felony sex crimes. Peter Frank faces several charges and is under arrest. You're listening to NCN News.